You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, episode 33 with Ace Chapman. You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Trailblazers podcast. Today, we're talking with Ace Chapman, who's a business acquisition consultant. Ace bought his first business when he was only 19 years old. At the time, he had about $3,000 in savings to go toward it, but yet he found a way to leverage that 3K and still bought that business for about $70,000. It was an online stock market simulator called Cool Wall Street. After selling it, and seeing the benefits of buying a business over starting one, he got the business buying bug. And since then, he's bought and sold over 30 businesses and has helped his clients all over the world buy over 100 businesses. I know you're going to take away a ton from today's interview. So open your Evernote app and let's dive right in to hear from the one, the only Ace Chapman. Ace, thank you so much for being our guest on today's episode. Man, it is so great to be here with you. I'm excited to jump in. You know, there's nothing I love chatting about more than doing deals. That's right. So before we jump into our talk, I'd love if you could tell us, what are you most grateful for right now? Man, the thing that I am loving the most is that we are in a generation, that we're in a time that literally is the first time in history where you don't have to be in the top 1% wealthiest people to have your income totally dislocated from your location. Mm. So right now, you know, I'm working down in Miami, um, you know, just moved back to the U.S. from living in the Caribbean for two years. uh, And I'm deciding out of everywhere in the world, where do I want to be? What are the experiences that I want? And it doesn't mean that I don't love work. I love what I do. I really enjoy it. But man, it, it's it's amazing to be in a time where yeah, at freedom level, yeah, you have the freedom to be wherever you want to be. That's awesome, man. So Ace, our listeners heard a little bit about your, your, your background and your bio, but let's unpack this concept a little bit more before we dive you know, further in, right? I'd love you to help us understand this opportunity that you've uncovered with buying and selling businesses. How did you actually get into that? So, um, you know, one of the things that I did early on, I was, I was <laughs> just a, a, a young guy. I was... Um, uh, 19, and I ended up coming across a, a deal, and I didn't know it was a deal, but um, I was a user of this software, and they ended up um, basically the guys who owned that business. They didn't have a, a lot of focus on it at that point. Right. And so I reached out to them to become an intern for them. And they wrote back saying, hey, we actually want to sell this business. So that ended up becoming my very first deal. Even at that point, I was 19. I I had about $3,000 to my name, and they wanted $70,000 for this business. 
And so that was the first time that I started to realize that, hey, I can kind of creatively try to figure this deal out. They didn't want the business anymore, even though it was making money. So I, if they didn't want it, surely they would be willing to do something creative with me. And that realization is what led me to these past, man, 17 years, which ages me. But um, that's that's, uh, what I've been doing since then. Ace, I found that story so fascinating. What I'm most curious about is what you actually wrote to them in that letter, right? Because, you know, here you are pitching, you know, I I believe it was an internship, right? And... Yeah. They come back, come back to you and say, hey, you know, would you, would you have an interest in buying a business? And I, I thought, you know, well, yeah. you must have really put your, your thoughts into how you could have improved the business being an apprentice under them to the point that they yeah. looked at that and said, you know, th- this guy clearly has a passion for what we're doing, an interest for what we're doing. Would he be willing to step in? And I also thought it was remarkable that you had such a variance between, again, the 3,000 that you had and the 70,000. And you didn't just say, you know, let me let me keep walking down the road, right? Uh, you actually yeah. pursued this, the, you know, a way to kick that door down and, and make it happen. And I thought that was remarkable, man. I definitely appreciate that. So Ace, why is buying a business more profitable than actually building a business from scratch? So number one, it's not to even say that it's more profitable. What it is to say is that buying a business, when it comes to buying a business, it is a lot easier, it's less risky, and over time, it ends up proving to be a lot more of a um, a, a, just a in general happier life. And so there are plenty of people that are going to start a business from scratch that are going to be way more wealthier than I will ever be in my life. But there are a, a lot more, actually 90%. There are a lot more of the people that start a business that are going to pour time, effort, money, um, and, you know, a sacrifice of, of, from the things that they're the opportunity costs from spending time with their families, doing cool things or owning a business that's already successful. And it's going to go completely to zero. So for mm. 90% of the people that start from scratch, it's going to literally go to zero. And so I am a very big believer. I'm a very big believer in the things like Eric Reese and the, the concept of lean startup the concept of getting started in in something and having a minimally viable product. But (laughs) the interesting thing is for most people, they want income. For the average person, what they're trying to get to is is income. They really don't care about some amazing vision that they have for, for a business. And the quickest path is actually to, to buy one. And so you look at somebody like Eric Reese, who, who, who talks a lot about this idea of squeezing down the that you spend in the startup phase, because there are, there are a ton of risks. There's, you know, you're spending a bunch of money. You're not making any money back. The startup phase sucks. 
And so you should do this minimally viable product to get something out there and start making money as soon as possible before you invest all that. And we just take that a step further. It's like, man, okay, there's a ton of suckiness around starting from scratch. There's a ton of risk. You're probably going to fail. Just statistically, you're literally probably going to fail. So let's just not do that at all. Let's skip from over that into just making money. <laughs> right. So how how can someone, you know, who's listening right now look to to this concept, this idea of buying a business? Is there easy access for someone who maybe doesn't have a lot of capital to put in? I've seen on your your website references to no money down. How could someone look to buy a business in in a scenario like that with no money in? Well, and, and more importantly, not just references to no money down, but specifically uh, the clients that we've worked with that have done no money down deals. And, and that's wow. what the really exciting thing is, is that, you know, you go to our YouTube channel, if you just go to YouTube and search Ace Chapman, you see story after story after story of real life people that are just average folks that can do no money down deals. And so the question is why? Why is that possible? And the truth is, if you went to uh, a car lot and they had Rolls Royces and they were used and they were still for sale for a couple hundred thousand and you went in and you were trying to negotiate. If that place felt like, hey, we know somebody else is going to come in and at least be willing to pay 180, why would they sell it to you for 100? But if that car lot hadn't seen a customer in over six months, not a single customer, and you came in and you had cash, and you had $100,000 in cash, and you're like, the only car I want is that Rolls Royce. Now, you could wait, and maybe somebody's going to come in the next six months, but it's been six months. You haven't seen anybody. But I'm willing to buy that Rolls for the 100. I got the cash right here. Do you want to close? What do you think that person's going to say? Yes. They're going to say yes. And that's the world that we deal in. We deal in a world where nobody is doing this. Every other podcast, every other blog, everything out there is 100% about starting from scratch. And quite frankly, quite honestly, when I first started this, I kept it a secret. The first 11 years I was buying businesses, I literally kept it a secret because I felt like as soon as you feel like you can go out there and just buy income, everybody's going to do it and then I'm going to have competition. But the great news is there are absolutely so many people that that are promoting and pushing starting from scratch so hard that nobody is, is doing, you know, it's like for every time that I do one of these like this, there are a thousand people talking about starting from scratch. So why is that? Why hasn't other people, you know, caught on and, and bought into this concept? Yeah, it's, it's really just, there's nobody motivated to do it because, you know, even for me, I would not be teaching this if I didn't want to do deals with the people that I teach. If there's no amount that somebody can pay me that's worth more than me doing deals. And so everybody else that does what I do, that really does it, because there are people that have tried to teach in the past. A lot of them were just like, 
hey, I'm done. I'm not really doing deals anymore. And so I'll see if I can do this. Or they worked on Wall Street and, you know, they like learned the stuff, but they hadn't really done it for themselves and, and not on a big level. And so they're, you know, you got different people with just different backgrounds that have tried to teach this stuff. But for me, my, the real people that are doing deals, there's nothing more profitable. There's nothing better than, than the income that you're going to get from deals. And quite honestly, the day that I'm not able to make money, you know, if, if, if I ever get to the point that I'm not able to partner with my clients and, and do deals with them, I'll, I'll stop teaching because that's the only reason that uh, I do it. Like it's not worth what somebody can pay me just to get trained. And so the, the real key is that there are plenty of people that will charge money to teach you about become starting a blog or becoming the expert on Facebook and, you know, getting a bunch of Instagram followers. And at the end of the day, that is, um, a lot of those people just don't make money. You know, when it's a direct correlation, 90% of the people that we work with, 88% to be exact, end up closing a deal and making an income from that deal. And I wish it was a hundred percent, but then when I look at the people that are teaching Facebook and Instagram and start a business from scratch and all that, the 90% of the people that they teach never make a never single penny, right? Never make any money. And I couldn't do like, why well, I would stop training. I would quit. You know what I mean? Like, why would I do something where literally 90% of the people aren't successful? Is, so how, how is that structured, right? Why, I'm trying to understand why the conversion rate is so high for you and kind of how you, you've built that model. From what you said a moment ago, are you essentially teaching your customer client how to turn over a deal and purchase a business, but you also have a hand in that deal? So you're sharing in, in, in whatever revenues income is generated? Is that how you're generating income? Exactly. Okay. Yep. So you have a horse that, in the race. Exactly yes. So, you know, right now I'm partners in over 30 businesses and those are, are deals that I'm doing with my clients. Wow. It's amazing, man. So how can we grow a business and, and actually sell that back? Right. Cause you're, you're buying these businesses mm. and you're turning around and selling them for a, you know, a much higher value. How, how can you actually buy a business and then grow that business for maximum value? So there are two parts of that. I actually love holding on to the businesses that I own. Right. Uh, but I still will answer your question about growing a business to sell. Cause I, I, when I was younger, I definitely sold businesses. And one of the biggest things, there's a whole list of 30 things that we go through as a part of our program. But one of the biggest things is creating systems. When you look yes. at an industry like the franchise industry, mm-hmm. that industry is built on a very simple fact. People will pay a lot of money, even if they have to start the business completely from scratch, if they just know that there's a system in place to run that business. And what we do, we're working with somebody uh, that may be interested in buying a business, is we put together basically the same kind of operating system. We put together what's called SOP, their right. operating procedures and it's a booklet and it's everything that it takes to run that business. So it's everything from 
uh, let's say I'm sitting down with a potential buyer and I've asked that buyer, what are your concerns? Every buyer has their concerns when it comes to uh, buying a business. And they say, my biggest concern is that the manager that you have is going to leave. If they leave, I got all these extra responsibilities and I'm going to have to take care of everything. And that's totally understandable. So what I'll do is say, let's go to section E on the employees in the SOP and go to the manager. And what you're going to see is the process. If the manager leaves, this employee is going to step up and they're going to do it temporarily. This is where you want to advertise to get another manager like the one we had before. Here's where you're, what you're going to say in that ad. Here's what you want to look for in the resume. Here's what you want to ask in the interview. This is how you want to pick the person. This is how you want to train the person. And then, you know, this is what you want to do once they come in and they start taking the business over. So, in, you know, you say, oh, what about, they say, what about marketing? And you can take them through that similar process. That's what helps sell a business because most other folks aren't going to do that. Right. I'm impressed with the systems and processes. I, I figured as much that you would have created a, a bunch of SOPs by now for this, you know, having gone through this, you know, a hundred times, right? But what's been, yeah. you know, one of the biggest mistakes you've ever made buying or selling a business? What happened? You know, what, what did you do to, to overcome it and, and, and push forward? Man, that's a great question. So, you know, I definitely have had deals that when I get in, I realize, oh my goodness, this is going to be a complete nightmare. <laughs> and, you know, I, when I, anytime I do a deal and we get in and there's some hidden thing or, or whatever, uh, a lot of my goal is to minimize my loss. And so a big reason around structuring a deal where I don't have a ton of money in it is to hopefully be at a point where if somebody does want does want to do a deal and it ends up being kind of scammy or maybe they didn't, they withheld something or whatever, I have a very low cost. And so when I'm doing due diligence, I actually take ownership of the deal before I really release a lot of funds. So I may hold the business and then I may get in it's 90 days, whatever, and I may have had a deposit amount. So the real key is that you, it's not about never doing a deal that sucks. I've done deals that suck. Um, you know, we've closed over a hundred deals. Uh, we do have a 97% success rate, but five of the deals that we've done, now we're doing a lot higher volume. So the first 16 years, um, you know, it's very slow. I was doing like, you know, a couple of deals on my own, uh, a year. Right. And, but in the last, you know, just this year alone, we've done, um, you know, about, 14 deals, so about 14, 14, deals, 14 different businesses this wow. year and it's August. Wow. So, and, but the, the percentage goes up, but it's about creating diversification. Two things. Number one, when it comes to failure, it's not about avoiding failure. It's about making sure you minimize the damage that a failure does. So number one, you do that by minimizing the amount of money that you put into a deal. Secondly, you do that by diversification. So diversification comes at different levels. When I'm, when I'm looking at deals, I have certain levels of diversification that I want to focus on. So you've got for internet businesses, the traffic, you know, you want to make sure that you don't have all your deals depending on Google for, 
of the traffic. You want to have some Google, you want to have some Amazon traffic, you want to have some PPC, some Facebook, some Instagram. We just did where 100% of the, the, in, the incoming traffic was from Instagram. The second uh-huh. level might be the business model. So you have like a SaaS, a, a FBA, a, dis, a drop shipping, whatever. And then the third level may be diversifying when it comes to income streams. You know, it's like you got some customers, you got some affiliate networks, you got some affiliate uh, Amazon deals. And so you got all these different sources of income within your your portfolio. And so those, those are the two things. It's not about avoiding bad deals. We, we, you know, done over. It, it is about avoiding. Them. So I, I say that tongue in cheek. You know, right. our goal, we've done over a hundred deals. We've got a 97% success rate. That doesn't just come with doing things randomly. We've got an amazing due diligence system, but it, it it's not about saying that I'm never going to do a deal that goes bad. Right. Cause you have, right. But it's, it's minimal and you, and you try to make sure you mitigate that risk as much as possible going forward. That's good, man. As a, as a marketing strategy, I, I really wanted to talk to you a little bit about your podcast marketing strategy. It's impressive to me that you've been on a number of different podcasts and, you know, as a businessman yourself, you're a consu- you know, you're, you're, you're doing this, um, I'm sure looking to what you just mentioned a minute ago, probably di- diversify, right? Your risk, bringing, bringing clients on, right. And having, um, yep. You know, more more businesses that that you're able to get into. But I, I'm curious, as a marketer myself, you know, why did you choose to position and market yourself and and this offering through podcasts? It it kind of just happened uh, where there was a lot of interest in the story, and I've been even a little bit surprised. But I think because I did my very first deal at 19. And, and buying a business at 19 is something that uh, a lot of people are curious about. Um, I think because of what we, we do in, in the story and the fact that for most podcasts, they've got a thousand people on there about starting businesses from scratch and very few people are buying businesses. Um, and, and just the things that we're, we're talking about and doing are a little bit un, unorthodox. You know, when I talk about diversifying income, you know, even just the concept of buying money is something that most people don't consider. And it's, it's something that my mentor dri- had to drill into my head. You know, so I think the, I've had people to say, I've listened to you five times on five different podcasts with different questions being asked each time. And it wasn't until the fifth time that it really clicked. And the the bottom line is that everywhere else in our life, we buy what we need. When we want a house, you know, know, I'm I'm in Miami right now. I'm in a house. Like I didn't think like, oh man, like I want to go to Miami. I need to build a house. And we want to buy a car. Like we don't think, oh wow, I want want to get a car. Like I need to learn how to build a car. (laughs) If I want a laptop, I don't try to figure out, oh wow, I need to learn how to build a laptop. When it comes to businesses, this is literally the only place in our life where 90% of people, instead of saying, oh, okay, I need income. Let me go buy it like I buy everything else. Oh, I got to learn a whole new, I mean, it's like becoming a doctor. Like it is easier 
to literally become a doctor than an entrepreneur. And not easier in the actual uh, knowledge, but easier in becoming a successful one. Because at least if you just take this test, you go through the process, you're going to learn it, and you're going to be a great doctor. There are right. Harvard MBAs that have gone through, through. I literally have a Harvard MBA who's gone through my program. I have other, obviously, uh, MBAs who've gone through my program. But people who have tried to start things from scratch, they've gone to the top level of education and made horrible entrepreneurs and business owners, they failed. They lost yeah. money and paid $200,000 for an MBA. This is the only game where, you know, not only can you, at least if you build a car, if you, if you learn how to build a car, if you just do the instructions, you're going to be able to build it. If you follow the instructions on a house, <laughs> you're going to be able to build it. Like, this is the absolute worst game to try to build from scratch. Hey, but Ace, you have people that may be listening to you um, exposed to your brand and say, you know, I'd be interested in buying a business, but I've never run a business before. You know, it could be a teacher or a lawyer or somebody who, you know, is, is very smart, but they don't know how to run the books. They don't know how to market a business. They, you know, and even still, even though it's a profitable business, they're coming in without that experience. What is the, is the SOP able to, to give them enough to be able to step in and be successful and not run that business in the ground? Um, so the, it's not about the SOP at that point. It's literally about having a business with an owner where you're able to learn from that owner. Mm. You don't like when you're building a business from scratch and here's the whole thing. Here's the difference. This is why so many of our folks are successful. I've helped plenty of people that could have never in their life big been entrepreneurs. Right. There are plenty of people and that's a really unfortunate thing. And that that is why I share a lot about this and the reason I'm really passionate about this is I've seen it. I've seen plenty of people who would make amazing business owners who are terrible entrepreneurs. Right. To be a business owner, they figured it out. What you gotta do as an entrepreneur is figure it out. Yep. You gotta figure out the financial systems. You gotta figure out the marketing systems. You gotta figure out the operational systems, the hiring system, human resources. But I mean, it is completely endless and it is absolutely completely ridiculous to think that a person is gonna be able to do that systematically. And that the average person can really do that. And even if they're successful, they're miserable. This is the other statistic that people don't talk about. 90% of them are going to fail and not make any money and waste all their time. And then there's another big percentage. Half of the 10% are miserable. I get calls from them trying to get out of a business that is really just a job at the end of the day, and they're not going to even be able to sell. And so they were counted in the 10% of success stories. That's not a success. That's a misery story. There are plenty of people that will be great business owners. They can follow instructions. Somebody else has done the hard work to figure out the financial systems, building those from scratch, the marketing that works and figuring that out from scratch and doing a ton of testing, finding the employees, firing a bunch of people, coming back, hiring more, firing some of them, and finally ending up with a team that works and they can teach you how to manage those folks and go out and find more. So that prior business owner already, yeah, they've, they've already done all the hard work. You're just going to step in and actually learn everything that they've done. Exactly. Brother, this is amazing, man. You have my interest peaked right now. I, um, I am fascinated. Oh man, 
Thank you so much for for. But is it? For, I mean, don't you wisdom, find man. it crazy that you that it is. never heard this? Before? Like nobody else is. It's it's just really interesting to me as I listen to other things. It's like wow, like nobody, literally, just nobody's talking about this. Nobody's it's, talking about I, these concepts. I've personally founded several businesses, grown startups from scratch. I've never in my life uh-huh. considered buying a business. Never. Like you're talking yeah. to me about this now, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm blown. And my mind is 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 blown right now. I'm I'm like, why wouldn't I have thought about this before? Yeah, it's amazing. It is it, it's it's pretty amazing. And it's the startup industry is such a big industry. And so yeah, it's funny. Man, thank you so much for pouring out this wisdom. You know, both before we let you go, you know, we love to be able to capture some of the resources and tools that you use in your day to day. So let me ask you quickly, what's one book? that you've read that's inspired you most? Um, the book that inspired me the most is a book called Wash It White Guys Have All the Fun. Right. And um, it's a book about a guy named Reginald Lewis. Right. He uh, was doing deals in the 80s. He bought, his uh, African-American, bought a billion-dollar business. Um, a lot of people don't know a lot about him. Unfortunately, he, he passed away had brain cancer. Uh, kind of in his prime, but he was on, on a path of just like doing some amazing things. And the title comes from when he was telling his mom about that dream and like, you know, just having big dreams and what he wanted to do. And it's like, you know what? Only white guys can do that. And mm. his mom was like, Hey, why should white guys have all this? Wow. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where obviously Again, like nobody really exposed him. Nobody was willing to give him the leg up or, or anything in, in, in doing deals and buying businesses. Uh, he had to, to go out and do it and figure it out uh, on his own. I was very, very fortunate to have my mentor who drove a lot of these concepts. You know, I wish I could say I, I came up with this stuff on myself. I was still even after my third deal like oh well now i have to go start i'm gonna go start something i made this money from buying and selling businesses i want to go uh start something from scratch and that laptop concept what, what i just said about buying a laptop that's what he set me down i wanted to go out and buy or, or start a business from scratch after buying and selling some businesses and having some cash and he basically set me down it's like dude like when you when you got that laptop why didn't you build it like, because that's not what you wanted. You wanted the end goal. Your end goal is income. Go buy some more. Love that, man. Ace, what is something small you've done this month that you're proud of? I am really making a focused effort to uh, be in contact with like old friends and mm. family and somebody who travels a lot it's really easy just not to be in, in contact with folks. And you know, especially when, it, you know, obviously like your, your immediate family are going to talk to a lot more, but like cousins and like right. friends you were in school with and, and that kind of thing, there's a lot of value and a lot of happiness. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really at a point now where, you know, I want to maximize the, the happiness that I'm, putting into the world. And, and, you know, a lot of the reason that I do this is, you know, there's nothing like having a mom 
who wants to be able to be at home with their kids and us making that possible by helping her buy a business. We've done that over and over. And that's, I mean, it's just, it's a thrill. Um, so, you know, as I, I look at that, it's like, man, there's, there's so much value in that. And so as I'm going out and, and having these adventures and doing all that stuff, uh, it's been, it's brought a lot of happiness to my life to mm-hmm. get in contact with this, uh, even old friends I may have not talked to in a while and not just like messages, but jumping on the phone and, and right. really talking, you know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Uh, so yeah, I think folks should, should experiment with that. Absolutely. It's name a, an online resource. It could be an app, software, or tool that you use every day and you can't live without it. Uh, Slack is where we, we talk. So all my deals and, and all that, um, that's where we're, we're talking. We're also doing some stuff in LinkedIn groups. I think that's something that's underutilized. Most people don't know about. So one that everybody knows about Slack, one that people know about but don't use, and, and it's actually really helpful is LinkedIn groups. Yes, I agree. So, you know, before we wrap up, I'd love to invite you. You've done a great job of this so far throughout the call, uh, but take a minute and impart an inspiring message that can help our listener elevate their game and, and blaze their trail. I think the words blaze your trail is so key. Like for me, it was, a, it, was it took me a while. Like I was saying earlier, it took me a while to, to define who I was. And, and for a lot of the, the, a lot of people, what you end up doing is you're trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up or what you want to do. And what you don't realize is that it's just boxes. So you're deciding between different boxes and you're like, Oh, like maybe I'll be an attorney. And, uh, but within the attorney, I could be like a corporate attorney or this, or da, 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 da. um, you know, there, there are certain things that a mind obviously goes to and, it can be so powerful to just erase all of that and meditate on like defining what your gift is to the world. What I do is not anything that is a thing, you know, like helping people buy, but you know, I call it kind of acquisition consultant or whatever, but you know, not, but I also invest in their deals. So I'm kind of like a venture capitalist or angel. Uh, but then after that, like, you know, I'm helping them grow the business. So maybe that's like a growth. So it's not like trying to be any particular thing. It's just, what, what are my gifts? You know, I think each one of us has a, a gift and, you know, I, I can't even explain like with some of the stuff that my parents talk about me starting little businesses at five, you know what I mean? And, and so um, you, you want to look at your gift and figure out what do I have to, to give to the world? All I can say is, well, you've been a blessing to our community. Before we let you go, please do me a favor. Tell us how we can stay connected to you and learn more about you. And we can go ahead and finish up for today. So people can hit me on Instagram, uh, at Ace Chapman. You can uh, also email me at uh, ace at acechapman.com. Been snapping lately. That's at ace.chapman. Uh, so yeah, hit me, hit me up. Happy to connect and, and talk to folks if you got questions about this stuff. Awesome. Ace, thank you so much, man. I appreciate having you on. Good deal. Thank you for having me. 
Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tdpod.com. If today was your first time listening to the Trailblazers podcast, I just want to extend a warm Trailblazers welcome to you. We're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing. If you're a fan of the podcast and today's content and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast, please continue to share and invite your friends, your family, your colleagues to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved to make significant changes that will have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode new episodes are released each and every monday by about 5 a.m eastern trailblazers jump off this podcast today go find a way to rise above go way beyond and keep blazing your trail cheers